Welcome to Elkhart. I'm Mayor Rod Robertson. Elkhart is a vibrant city with a rich manufacturing tradition. Few know better about that work ethic and history than Rod Robertson. He grew up in the northern Indiana city known as the RV capital of the world. 80% of the RVs you see rolling down the highway were made in the region. But that's not Elkhart's only claim to fame. Mayor Rod Robertson's hometown also toots its horn as the band instrument capital of the world and the birthplace of some of the most recognizable products on the planet. Alka-Seltzer, Flintstones, and One-A-Day Vitamins, all born out of what was then Miles Laboratories in Elkhart. It's all familiar territory for Rod Robertson, a standout in football and basketball at Elkhart Central High School, a Big Ten athlete with a degree in economics from Northwestern, and now serving his first term as mayor of Elkhart. Rod Robertson, my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. Thanks for joining us for episode 92 of the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Deck. Thanks for joining us for episode 92 of the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Deck. Before Rod Robertson took over as mayor in 2019, he served 16 years on the city council and was there during President Obama's visit to Elkhart in 2009 at the height of the Great Recession. The American people, you know, they're resilient, they're proud, they're independent, but they are anxious right now because things don't feel like they're getting better for people. Uh, and I know they don't feel like that here in Elkhart. Elkhart has rebounded from record unemployment back then. The RV industry has been on a roll since the pandemic. Mayor Robertson has a deep passion for his hometown, from serving in government to working in education and the nonprofit sector. And I am very pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by Elkhart Mayor Rod Robertson. And uh, Mayor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate you asking me to come back. Well, yeah, come back. We had you on the on the TV show just uh, a few weeks ago, talking about a lot of things uh, going on in, uh, in Elkhart. Uh, let me start because everyone knows of Elkhart, knows where Elkhart is but maybe doesn't know a lot about Elkhart other than it's in the heart of RV country. What, what do people, what are some things, Mayor, that, that you think that people don't know about Elkhart? You know, I was talking to a guest that was, that was in my office uh, just this week, and I said a couple of things, and they were shocked uh, to, to know this. And uh, some of us that have a little age on us, I'm not talking about you, Gary, uh, <laughs> but some of us that would have a little age on us would know uh, that Alka-Seltzer was uh, originally uh, invented right here in Elkhart. Uh, the founders of Elkhart, Havilah Beardsley, and the Beardsley family were pharmacists or doctors that uh, worked in uh, the area of pharmaceuticals. 
and Alcrisalsa was actually admitted here in Elkhart. And that long came uh, Flint's, Flintstones vitamins. We don't even see the Flintstones commercials anymore. <laughs> uh, but um, we one a days Flintstone chalks, all of that uh, was uh, actually manufactured right here in Elkhart. Uh, and that was a process that began in the uh, 50s. And uh, I graduated from high school in the late 70s. And the year I graduated, which was 1977, Elkhart was the richest city per capita in the United States for three reasons. And one of them uh, was the pharmaceuticals, the Miles uh, Laboratories, which made Alka-Seltzer and Chalks and one of these. Uh, the RV industry, which we know about. Uh, and the other one is, is band instrument manufacturers, uh, which was Selmers and Kahn. And Kahn was uh, the uh, world leader in manufacturing brass instruments. Uh, and Selmer was the world leader in manufacturing woodwinds. And so if you played a flute, a, a clarinet, or a saxophone, which was my uh, instrument of choice, uh, you probably purchased it at Selmer, uh, and probably eight out of 10 in the United States uh, were came from right here in Elkhart. If you did French horns, trombones, and uh, clair, uh, tri, uh, what would be flambone brass, uh, baritones, they would be made at Cod. And so those two companies have since merged. They're still located right here in Elkhart. Uh, they've gone through uh, some uh, uh, some changes over the course of those years, uh, but through due to acquisitions, they still rank right along with Yamaha, which a lot of our instrument manufacturing has now gone offshore. They, uh, they still are one or two uh, based on uh, their acquisitions. They isolate, they own Ludwig, which is if anybody played per percussions and you go to a concert, you would see a Ludwig, Ludwig drum set uh, on stage. And we uh, here in Elkhart, uh, Con Selmer, they own uh, the subsidiary Ludwig. They also own Steinway, uh, the piano manufacturer. And wow. so... Uh, so Elkhart has a couple of things that probably are hidden gems uh, that people may not know, uh, but we are just wonderful. It's wonderful uh, the kind of manufacturing uh, relationship that we've had over the course of decades that still holds today. Mm -hmm. Hey, I can't I can't go on without asking you. You said you played the the, the sax. Do you still play the saxophone? Well, I, I I have an alt I have and this is a podcast you can't see it, but I'm pointing to an alt my alto saxophone, right here in my office. Is it that uh, that I blew back in the fifth grade, and so I still can you, have can it. Can you grab it? Can you grab uh, it? Sure, I can grab it. You want me to grab it? Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, but it is without a reed. Purposefully, oh. so that you can't hear how rusty I am oh, in playing. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What well, you know, Mayor, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, band instruments, pharmaceuticals, RVs, the history, the heritage of Elkhart. It, it really is about innovation, inventing things and making things, you know, probably as much as any city in the state of Indiana. Absolutely. Uh, the Elkhart, Elkhart County and in, in the city of Elkhart is the largest city in Elkhart County, even though our county seat is in Goshen. And I tease 
uh, Mayor Stutzman about him being second fiddle to Elkhart, even though he's <laughs> the county seat. And that's Jeremy Stutzman. He's great. We're, we're, we're all great friends up here in northern Indiana as far as our municipalities and our mayors. But anyway, um, Elkhart has always been a manufacturing, uh, had a manufacturing relationship with the state where we are the second highest manufacturing county in the state. And it is held true because of RVs, but it has perennially been that way over the course of decades. And that's very different than St. Joe County, which is more of a service-oriented county. And then you go into more rural counties going east with LaGrange County and south uh, with Kosciuszko County. And so uh, Elkhart um, has kind of owned uh, that North Central relationship to manufacturing and it continues to do so. You are Elkhart through and through, grew up there, obviously went okay. to school there, great athlete, went on to, to play at Northwestern. Well, we'll talk about all of that in a minute, but I want to stay on this, this economy thing for the time being, because a lot of people remember back to, two, I think it was 2009, when Barack Obama made a visit to Elkhart County. And, and the purpose was to, uh, you know, we were in the recession, uh, times were tough, and it really put Elkhart in the spotlight in a way probably didn't want to be in terms of having the highest unemployment rate in the United States. Um, I think you were on the city council, I think then, weren't you? I was um, when he came and, uh, and it was uh, a tough time for Elkhart. We were cycling around 20% unemployment. One out of five people that you knew uh, were, were, were unemployed. Uh, and, uh, and primarily uh, because of the um, entrance rate crutch, uh, uh, you can you can speak to multiple other factors at that time. Uh, the um, uh, the lifeline that was thrown to the automobile industry uh, was had ripple effects in Elkhart, and we begin to turn a corner and and uh, reduce our unemployment rates uh, in by a hundred percent almost uh, every month. Uh, we were uh, or fifty percent every month. We were really uh, in a in a in a mode of trying to figure out where we were going until uh, the automobile industry moved. And, and as you well know, if you don't know this, uh, there are a lot of automotive parts uh, that are also in RVs. And so with the automotive industry coming back, it brought Elkhart back as well. And uh, we began to move towards um, a, a churn that uh, quite frankly has been historical because since that uh, recession, uh, we have RVs have driven our economy in a way like uh, history will will uh, probably record it in a different way. I mean, we were at a record 0.9% uh, unemployment here uh, about two quarters ago. Uh, and so uh, Elkhart has had uh, a wonderful run uh, towards uh, towards not just viability, but prosperity, uh, even through the pandemic. And that recovery which has continued, I think it's a, a great uh, kind of juxtaposition, if you will. You think back to the Obama visit, the highest unemployment rate in the country. Fast forward to today, and I know there's a lot going on from a, a quality of life, quality of place, downtown development standpoint, and you're getting national attention, because I know there was a, a piece in the Wall Street Journal which put uh, you know, Elkhart uh, as the best city in the entire country for housing uh, appreciation and lifestyle amenities and those types of things. So that that's quite a change. Yes, it is. Um, well, 
uh, as you well know, I'm sure if you, as you talk to uh, many of your guests, uh, economic development has changed uh, over the course of the last two, three years. Uh, actually, five years ago, we were still trying to go out and slay the biggest companies we could in order to move into the area. Uh, we figured out that bigger companies are, are now harder to get uh, to relocate. Uh, so what we do uh, as cities, uh, smaller size cities, and even some of the largest size cities, uh, we literally look at how uh, amenitized we are to attract people to live here, because now people can live anywhere they want to in the country and work anywhere they want to in the country. So what occurs is that we want to attract people to the city. So uh, quality of place, quality of life is so important to cities now and building amenitized relationships to our city, making them sticky, I call it. Uh, making people come here, we, or I shouldn't say, asking people to come for events. And then they find they have such a great time. They want to well, what else is going on in Elkhart? Well, they can come back and shop. They can come back to another event. They have a great eating experience, dining experience. Um, uh, have a, a a couple of of, uh, of 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 nice beverages at a rooftop bar that we just opened. Uh, those kind of things make people want to live in your space, and they realize that we're only uh, a couple of hours uh, from major metropolitan cities where they can go and do other things and maybe see other amenities that may not exist in a smaller city like this one. But the quality of place, quality of life have taken over that relationship. And that means that uh, also uh, the, the uh, cost of living. So the cost of living here versus these other areas are also, it's very economical to live in Elkhart. You don't have to pay for a private school to live in Elkhart uh, and you have a good quality school system. So what we wanna do is make sure that we continue to do that. And that's what we've trans kind of transitioned to in order to make sure that we are doing the right things inside the city, which is why um, when I list the assets in Elkhart, whenever I'm talking to anyone, uh, listen to that list. Uh, hotel Elkhart, a hundred year hotel that we've renovated due to the help of a collaborative relationship with the Elkhart County F Foundation or the, and as well as the Potawatomi tribe of Indians who, who are, who this was Potawatomi land back in the day. And it is a wonderful experience. And it also has a Hilton franchise relationship to it. The Aquatic Center, a $70 million facility a $70 million aquatics facility right here in Elkhart, ran by Beacon Health Services. And, and they, and it is an Olympic style, uh, a size pool. And we've had major swimming events where we've had 60 different teams, uh, NCAA teams, 700 athletes all on the deck at the same time. Ohio State, West Virginia, Florida, Georgetown, Cincinnati, I can name them off. And they all have come to Elkhart for the first time and swim in a pool that they say swims faster than Olympic training facility pools. So no expense was spared with the Aquatic Center. Our River District, which is a brand new area that we've really invested millions of dollars in into where we've put uh, uh, market rate apartments that are situated in a walking distance from dining and event areas right next to the aquatic center. And so we have uh, 400 additional apartments that are in that area and it has attracted a very new, uh, uh, a very young 
uh, more mobile crowd that goes there. Tolson Center for Excellence, which is a recreational facility that we just put 12 million into and it's going up and will open in 2023. Wellfield Gardens, wonderful um, botanical garden uh, that is absolutely amazing. And it is actually uh, uh, positioned around 60% of the city's water supply. Our aquifers are all underneath and the Wellfield Gardens is above. Uh, the Learner Theater, a hundred year old facility that, that is a 1700 seat facility that you have to see it ornate, detailed, uh, has a ballroom next to it, and we have major entertainment and acts there. So if you look at that list, it's around quality of place, quality of life. We're trying to attract people. We're trying to turn that corner. And I think we have. We just have to continue to extend ourselves. Yeah, a lot going on, no question about it, uh, in Elkhart with so many of those big-time projects. You mentioned a moment ago collaboration, um, mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned the fact you're a couple hours uh, uh, away from Chicago and the big city uh, entertainment and all the things that that offers, but you're very close, obviously, to South Bend and neighboring St. Joe County. Talk about collaboration. I don't, because I don't call them a big city, though. No, no. no. <laughs> I, I'm joking. Mayor Mueller would be mad at me if I didn't call this city a big city. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There you go. Hey, well, what? Um, because the, the state, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, the governor, and others really continue to preach and to pound on collaboration and regions mm -hmm. working mm -hmm. together. Uh, is there is there that that spirit of collaboration there in Northern Indiana? Absolutely. We've taken a regional approach to Michiana. Uh, and, uh, and some people didn't, when I was small, I didn't understand what Michiana meant. Uh, well, it, it literally means Southwest Michigan. It means, uh, and Northern, North Central Indiana. And our television reach, our, our ADI around that uh, is that area. And what we've done is we work with, we have a South Bend Elkhart Regional Partnership, which you and I participated with a, a dinner when um, uh, 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 Brad Chambers came up. Uh, in order to uh, speak to a, uh, a roundtable there. And, and we work together in order to look at economic opportunities in order for us to regionalize our resources so that we don't lose. And the and, and way that that collaborative effort really works when, it, when we transfer ourselves, transform ourselves from hunting or, or competing with each other for that major corporation, we're now highlighting the best parts of our city. South Bend cannot be like Elkhart, so it has its unique strengths. Elkhart has its unique strengths. Even Mayor Wood, I'd like to put it, he's kind of the squeeze play over at Mishawaka between South Bend and Elkhart, and he has his unique strengths, and so yeah. does Goshen as well. So since we're all unique, uh, we can uh, literally focus ourselves around the quality of place, quality of life equation differently than each other, which is why we don't compete with each other. And the South Bend Elkhart Regional Partnership helps us to see that uh, and see a bigger picture. And then when we have an opportunity that's well suited for each of those, each, each of those entities, they could focus uh, those resources towards it or that attention or attraction towards it. So we kind of believe in each other. We don't compete with each other, but we literally work with each other in order to make sure that if a company comes to South Bend, they can always come over to Elkhart and enjoy something unique that South Bend doesn't provide. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, very positive developments going on uh, in Elkhart. 
Uh, on the flip side, as mayor, you have to deal with so many issues and so many different things. What is there one thing uh, or maybe a couple of things that, that, that kind of keep you up at night uh, as you as you think about it? Uh, anything in particular uh, from a challenging standpoint uh, in this day and age? Uh, you mean outside of my grandbabies when they come over? Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. But uh, all right. I'm sorry. I got too personal. The um, the the uh, as a city, as a mayor, uh, cities are challenged uh, in 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 ways in which we all know. Uh, we we uh, we live in an environment today where um, uh, the uh, the crime element is 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 actually uh, something that we all have to make sure we are paying attention to. Uh, I I hate knowing Elkhart is a city of probably uh, one step removed someone you know, and so when uh, someone uh, it, uh, when someone passes or are victim of a crime uh, in one way shape or no in one way shape or another you know them, and so that always keeps me up uh, as as well as. Uh, we 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 are growing in our downtown. We're growing in in our economic prosperity, and with that uh, comes some homelessness. And so some of that is also uh, elements that keep me up at night. Uh, we want to make sure that Elkhart is the kind of city that leverages density against some of its challenges, so that um, people have an understanding that yes. Um, are, are some people going to be transitionally homeless? Yes. So we got to make sure. So we will never solve those issues. You never take crime down to zero. You never take homelessness down to zero. But what you do is you try to make sure that you're still attracting good people to the area so that it actually outweighs uh, those, those other elements. And we continue to make people as safe as possible. And hopefully uh, those that are transitionally homeless, they can find shelter. And our, uh, sh our homeless services are uh, above reproach. So, uh, so we continue to serve our community at a level that I believe is second to none. Deanna, I got to ask you about education uh, as well, because as you look at the region, certainly Notre Dame uh, stands out as a world-class research institution right there uh, in your backyard. But I think there are, correct me if I'm wrong, Mayor, I think eight or nine colleges and universities there in the region that call that call the region home. So there you've got a lot of great higher education institutions. Absolutely. And I, um, you know, if I started to go down the list, I probably would leave a couple of them out. But let me let me start with uh, IUSB, uh, which is uh, uh, Indiana University South Bend. They also have a, a, a regional campus here in Elkhart, Bethel University, Goshen College uh, as well, Ivy Tech. Um, we, we, uh, and, and obviously, uh, Notre Dame, uh, kind of, uh, kind of heads up the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the larger university that are, that have excellent reputations that literally do outreach in our areas and we connect with them, uh, as well on a, on a regional basis. So we all really do work together from an academic and, uh, and a, a philanthropic standpoint in order for those universities academically to be able to help make sure that we are digging into some of the areas of opportunity that a city has, that a city shouldn't be spending tax dollars on. We should be spending tax dollars on services to our residents and obviously making our infrastructure as sound as possible. But there are areas in which we can work together to, uh, uh, to ensure that everyone is getting served.
Rod Robertson was uh, educated in uh, Elkhart, uh, certainly grew up there and uh, went on to uh, Northwestern and uh, a lot of great sports stories as well, I'm sure, as we'll get into all that when we return on the Business and Beyond podcast. Stay with us. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. This twice-daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business Radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, a very busy guy, Elkhart Mayor Rod Robertson, uh, first term mayor in the city of Elkhart and uh, really shepherding a number of big economic development projects in the downtown and in uh, in his city. Uh, and Mayor, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would sense that being mayor is very personal to you because you grew up there and you're you're certainly a native uh, a well-known resident, a well-known family. What was what was growing up in Elkhart like? Oh yeah. Well, you know, first of all, being a mayor of your hometown is personal. Uh, you know the corners to turn. You turned them when you were young. Uh, you know the. I went to elementary, middle school, and high school here. I uh, I had uh, multiple different family members, both extended and and direct uh, that or immediate. Uh, that also uh, it uh, went through, matriculated through high school and either working around here or at left and came back and those kind of things. So so it becomes extremely personal. And growing up here to me was wonderful. Um, I was, uh, and, and maybe... May, and maybe even I had a blind eye to some of the challenges that I spoke of a little bit earlier, uh, because um, I, I wasn't in need of services. Uh, my family, uh, um, my my older brother was probably one of the greatest athletes ever to come out of Elkhart. His name uh, is Garvin Robertson, and he um, was an Indiana All-Star, uh, both in football and basketball. He was a baseball player, went to University of Illinois, was all Big Ten and in uh, in football and uh, and people thought I was Garvin's little brother. So growing, when I didn't even have a name. My name wasn't Rod. It was Garvin's little brother. Uh, and uh, matter of fact, so much so, uh, I was I was just bent on making sure that I made somebody know who Rod is. And uh, and so it didn't. And it never happened while I was at Elkhart. I mean, I could tell you stories that uh, just deflated my chest at times when someone challenged me and actually said, you will never be as good as your brother. And I thought, <laughs> really? You know, I'm not trying to be, but I guess in your mind, I, you know. So anyway, I went through some scars of uh, being Garvin's little brother, but I wasn't, uh, I was I was always very proud of what he had accomplished. Uh, and so when it was time for me to go to school and I chose Northwestern, which was in the Big Ten as well, uh, I actually was a football basketball scholarship guy. Uh, and uh, and I thought uh, Garvin played football at Illinois. He, he was actually football basketball as well. And he played basketball wow. 
uh, freshman year. And that was when freshmen were not allowed to play in the Big Ten. And so, and I guess, wasn't allowed to play in the country. So they had freshmen, and then they had, you know, obviously, uh, when you were a sophomore through senior. And so he played, he was all Big Ten as a freshman in basketball, all Big wow. Ten as a freshman in football. And then he, um, uh, he went on to play football after that. And so I said, okay, I went as a football basketball guy to Northwestern and um, um, the, uh, and, and, and I'm trying to think of the AD that there was an, there was a, a football coach from IU. Jeez, cannot think. Oh, he was the AD at Northwestern. But anyway, he's the one that started recruiting me. And I, uh, uh, I ended up signing a football, ba- a, a football letter of intent and a basketball wow. letter of intent. And, uh, and I played first year. I wanted to play basketball cause I loved basketball and I, and, um, uh, and I didn't play football. Well, Northwestern during the years I was there did not win a ball game. Right. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. And so I went out for spring football and I saw the reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and I made it to number one in the depth chart as a wide receiver. And I remember walking in and telling coach Rick Venturi, he used to be the coach of, um, of the Indianapolis coach. He was a coach and he's a, he's a, he's a uh, analyst uh, now in the broadcast. Yeah. Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, on radio, yeah. Nicest guy. And I told him, uh, I said, Coach, uh, I don't think I want to play football any longer. Uh, I think I want to play concentrated in basketball. And it was actually opposite of what my brother did. So ah. I was still looking. I would, it, Somehow, innately, I was trying to make a name for myself that was different than Garvin. <laughs> and so uh, and it, I ended up playing uh, uh, four more or three more years of, of uh of basketball, I played all in all 104 games that uh, North, we had in the four years. I started 103 of those 104. Uh, played against Notre Dame twice, and that was doing the uh, Tracy Jackson, uh, yeah. Kelly Tribuca, Bill Lambeer, uh, Oh yeah, uh, Orlando Woolridge days. And if you remember, I don't know, I can't date you, Gary, but uh, <laughs> I can say that the Big Ten had the strongest. I think I played in the very best league in the country yeah. for basketball. I mean, yeah. we obviously Indiana was coming off of a no win. They were undefeated season in 76. We came in uh, in 79. Michigan State wins uh, with Magic Johnson. Title, uh, yeah. Ma- Magic and I, uh, as well as Mike McGee and Wes Matthews and Herb Williams, we were all uh, freshmen, all Big Ten. Uh, and then uh, Michigan State wins it in 79, and with Isaiah Thomas, Indiana wins it in 81. And so uh, each one of – so I played during a time in which the Big Ten was absolutely ter- – was tough. Yeah. So I really relished the fact that I thought I had made a name for myself, but I still graduated with an economics degree in those four years that I played. I didn't have to go an extra year. And I always say that uh, the Elkhart Community Schools prepared me for the rigors of a school like Northwestern, like no other. And then I go overseas, play a couple of years in the Philippines and Sweden after getting drafted by the New Jersey Nets and not making the team. Many stories there, but I work in consumer products for 20 years, and with Coca-Cola namely, uh, and I come back home and uh, run for council, and now I'm mayor, and, um, and, I, and I tease folk uh, now and say that uh, uh, now uh, 
uh, Garvin has to say, my brother is the man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> See, you did it. You absolutely did it. <laughs> it took me 40 years. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, I, I actually saw a, a piece that the Big Ten Network did. On you and your brother, there there are a couple. So you, your family has such a rich. Uh, well, there's an education piece we'll talk about in a minute, but athletics and and in the Big Ten, right? Well, it was interesting. Um, you know, as it as it stands, I had an uncle, my brother, my mother's youngest brother, who Coley Webb uh, Jr. played at Nebraska, and now Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Yep, he played four years there, and he graduated from Elkhart High School in '62. Uh, and then my older brother uh, played for University of Illinois in 70. I played in 70. Uh, I, I graduated in 77, went to Northwestern. And Garvin's son, Damon Bethea, uh, went to Michigan State. And he uh, was, I think, 92. And so um, Damon, uh, who is a, a wonderful young man, uh, he's in Kansas City now, but he actually orchestrated for Garvin, myself, and himself to sit down and do a, an interview for the Big Ten Network uh, and to talk about how we all played at Northside Gym, which is an historic floor here in Elkhart, and came out of this one city playing in all the playgrounds. And we all, and we probably, and we had three generations who uh, who played in the Big Ten as a wow. family. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Uh, and I should note, great athletic heritage, but I think your mom and, and grandmother were, were educators, were teachers, yes. right? So it was the perfect mix there. You've got the great athletic and education uh, focus there. That that probably set you on a, a pretty good path. Well, I, I knew across the table, if I couldn't conjugate a verb, uh, that uh, I make it a, a quick uh, backhand. Uh, <laughs> and so I learned that. Oh, sh I, maybe I shouldn't say that. They may call it child abuse these days. But, <laughs> but believe me, I didn't. I, <laughs> what it did do was make sure that I conjugated that verb correctly the next time. <laughs> but it was uh, it, it was a relationship, not just with education. It was a relationship with leadership with uh, understanding uh, the discipline on how to uh, how to lose with 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 character uh, so that you understand what and uh, be humble when you won. And so I am uh, it's a balance and athletics and academics, I think, is a great balance for kids. Uh, and I think one without the other is something that you leave. Uh, on the table. And so I really believe that the resiliency that those two, if you are, are handling the rigors in the classroom and you are disciplined enough to handle uh, the relationship that you would have in sport, uh, that, uh, that, that being a mayor, because I am the closest governmental body uh, to citizens and residents uh, in our structure in the United States for legislative, executive, birth, uh, or political relationships. So it makes me more service-oriented because it's a one-on-one -on -one with people. People know their mayor, and they want to have their mayor included in funerals and weddings. And, and so the president doesn't get invited to everybody's wedding. Uh, the state senators doesn't, they're, they're not the ones that come to the funeral, unless it's a political funeral. Yeah. Um, and But the mayor is always uh, someone that is close to people. And that resonates with the way I was raised in a way that I believe uh, created a fit for me in this position. Yeah. And, and, and I sense that that uh, 
that sense of community service uh, and service in general was something that was very important uh, as well growing up. Oh, very. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, you see people that are in need. There, there's so many times that I played in ball games, and there were people that uh, were that had physical disabilities that would come to the game, and uh, and you would be running, jumping, dunking, passing. I didn't dunk that often. I just thought I'd throw it. They actually outlawed Duncan back yeah, in the day. I do. And, I remember and it was that. During my time growing up, and I think they allowed people to dunk my senior year. <laughs> um, uh, but at any rate, uh, running, jumping, and playing, and then you would see someone that didn't have the use of their legs or didn't have an arm, and you realized uh, that how fortunate you were to be able to do those things. So it created a sense of compassion, empathy that I believe uh, helps to also create a kind of character piece in you. And when I started to uh, work with poverty here in Elkhart, I was uh, the executive director of Church Community Services, which is one of our leader, leading providers of, uh, of food distribution to pantries and, and other places here in Elkhart. Uh, I began to understand the empathy that was necessary to deal with poverty a, in a way that I had never seen. And I, it actually prepared me for my role as mayor like no other opportunity that I had. Intrinsically, I now know how, I know the profession of consumer products. Uh, intrinsically, I know uh, the relationship to the executive and legislative branch of governments because of my experience as a council person. But you have to serve in order to understand how service helps people in a way like no other. So I literally, um, I, I coined my campaign after what I called unparalleled service. And that was my tagline. I wanna deliver unparalleled service because I don't wanna be political. I wanna serve people and it has to be public service. And I wanna build a standard that is uh, that communicates a level of service like you've never felt it before. So it challenges me every day to deliver to that standard. Yeah. Mayor, what's, uh, you know, I know you're busy with the day-to-day -day things that, that take all of your time, but as you think about maybe what's next uh, for, for Elkhart, for you, are, are you, you'll be up for re-election, you're going to run again, I, I, I assume. What's your. Oh, you looking for a scoop. Yeah, exactly. Game you know. here, the big, the big Elkhart scoop. That's exactly uh, right. What do you think? Well, I feel as though two. You know, you lo I lost uh, two years, maybe two and a half years to COVID. And when you have goals coming in, and you lose that time because you have to be focused on something that you never ever thought would ever be a part of your day to day, um, you don't get a chance to really plant the seeds that you really would like. Uh, and so uh, I believe that there's still work yet to do. And I, I would love to be able uh, to continue uh, to do those things. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, there is a there's a set of there's so many opportunities that are flourishing here in Elkhart that um, you really would like to see how they mature. Uh, and as long as, um, uh, as, as I've said before, um, someone asked me, how long are you going to be mayor? And I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if that's an enemy or is that somebody who <laughs> doesn't want to be mayor or that's somebody. Uh, I like to say until I'm released. Uh, and, uh, and that release 
the uh, and so uh, if if I'm released, then you know obviously there's opportunities to do other things. If I'm not, uh, I'm more than happy and willing to serve. Mayor Rod Robertson, uh, it's been a real treat to have you on the uh, the podcast this week. You're a a uh, homegrown Hoosier success story, no question about it, and certainly an Elkhart success story. And I think beyond any doubt, you have made a name for yourself uh, uh, with with your with your big brother there. So, so I think I think you did that very well. So, really appreciate the time. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him, please. <laughs> All right. Elkhart Mayor Rod Robertson, uh, been a real treat to have uh, him on the podcast this week. And uh, great to have you join us on the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. It is a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download all of our episodes and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.